Good morning, everybody, or afternoon, or evening. Whatever the hell time Whatever it is when you're listening to this. That's Eric Moline from ZineStealers.com, and I'm Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com, and we are here today to talk about two things and two things only. That's right. We're going to stay on target. Stay on target. First, we're going to talk about the new Fairly Brothers movie, Hall Pass, and then, after pimping our contest and our Oscar party this weekend, we're going to tell you how to win prizes and money in those contests Mm -hmm. by picking the winners. Yep. It's our Oscar predictions for the Oscars 2011. Exactly. Here we go. So you got to see Hall Pass last night. Yes, Hall Pass, which is the complete antithesis of the Oscars. Right. Uh, This is what they call counter-programming when they put a movie like this in the theaters during Oscar time. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a Fairly Brothers movie. It is. It is starring uh, Kansas native Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, uh, Owen Wilson, Jenna Fisher from The Office, and Christina Applegate. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Stephen Merchant from the UK Office. So the the Fairly Brothers have um, you know kind of hit an all time low when when uh, they put out their last movie, The Heartbreak Kid, with. Uh, with Ben Stiller, um, and then uh, they also had a movie called Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon and, and that Drew was Barrymore. That was them, Whoa. yeah. And it was totally neutered. It was um, you know the Fairly Brothers uh, came to uh, power, so to speak, with Kingpin and something about Mary. Which, Dumb and Dumber, really, and Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, yeah, which were all gross-out comedies. Um, you know that that had their. Um, trademark heart you know these characters right. have a lot of heart even though there's all these awful things that happen and really uh, gross kind of shock humor hall pass is kind of a return to form it's not uh as good as there's something about mary or kingpin or even dumb and dumber um i'd say it's it's uh better than shallow how for sure and better than that awful stuck on you movie with uh, damon and, and kinnear that just doesn't uh. work at all but you know it's kind of fascinating for being such a weird project in the first place yeah so tell us about them like what's the plot um yeah and that's a good idea so basically it's the typical uh you know late 30s early 40s married couple uh in a rut and the guys are oversexed and they're still looking at girls all the time and so the wives in the relationship uh, decide to give the guys a hall pass and the idea is that they don't have to be married for a year or for i'm sorry for a week and uh, the idea is that the girls think these guys are going to get a, a cold, hard taste of reality mm-hmm. uh, because when you're married, you think every single girl out there wants to have sex with you. And then when you actually try to pick up women, you find out that's not going to happen. So um, there is a lot of really funny stuff that happens, a lot of, of uh, shock humor. Uh, the crowd that I saw it with was was laughing uh, so loud that you couldn't hear some of the dialogue. Yeah, uh, you know afterwards, and and I have to admit, Jason and Owen Wilson uh, are very funny, and and I think it's their charm that actually carries the movie. So yeah. you've got these two very likable characters, even though they're they're talking about unlikable things you realize that they're you know not really probably going to get anywhere and um you know the plot has some pretty lame turns in it especially (laughs) towards the end of the film but this is what i've decided you can't really analyze a film like this uh except to say that it's so heavy on gags right that when the gag all of the gags are ridiculous Mm -hmm. and when the the ones when when they're ridiculous and they work and they're funny Mm -hmm. 
you forgive the movie for kind of uh, breaking that reality and, and just being yeah. really crazy uh, because you're laughing. And, and sometimes, however, it doesn't work. Right. And those are the moments in the movie that uh, you realize they're trying really hard and, and it's not funny. Like, like at the end of the film, there's a character that chases them around and, uh, you know, is, is in their car and, and on top of their car. And it's, it's like, you know, when, when, when it's funny, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't want to overanalyze it. No, I understand. So it, the, more, more often than not, it's funny. So that's a gag that failed. What are some of the gags that, that work? Well, I don't want to reveal them, but let's just say that um, there's some pretty disgusting shock humor in this film. It's definitely rated R. And, and I was surprised at how well uh, some of this really lowbrow stuff works. It, it did remind me of something about Mary where, you know, there's just something that's happening on screen that normally yeah. you would be repulsed by. Yeah. But the, the shock value and the way that it's been shot, the joke is set up really well. And so instead you're, you're laughing really hard at the same time you're ashamed of yourself for doing it hall pass comes out this weekend at Southwind, and we don't we're not getting new movies at liberty hall okay so let's move on now one thing that is at liberty hall they are showing oscar nominated shorts live action and animated so you can check those out i would also point you to lawrence.com uh, eric molina has written a little article for us about the must-see performances <clears throat> for this oscars and then also he has a contest up on his site you want to talk about a little bit? Yeah, part. we're having a, a big Oscar watch party uh, in Kansas City at the Crosstown Station. We've got the upstairs, and there's a bunch of big HD TVs, and it's a potluck, so people are going to be bringing food. Mm. And I have on scenestealers.com, scene-stealers.com is an Oscar ballot. Mm-hmm. Fill that out, pick the winners. We'll have that ballot ready for you, waiting for you at the party. Uh, we'll also have printout ballots, so if you want to get to the party a little early and fill one out, basically what's going to happen is we're going to have a big Oscar contest, and we're going to uh, give the winners first choice. I have a huge, huge metric ton of movie prizes to give mm. away. I mean, a lot. lot. So if you like free movie posters, movie memorabilia, mm. uh, things like that, we've got a True Grit cowboy flask. Hat. A flask, <laughs> yeah. Cowboy hat. Um uh, tons of black swan posters, um, little black swan purses with uh, nail files in them, which is really oh, funny if you know wow. the movie. So um, a lot of really cool stuff, 127 hours, T-shirts and whatnot. So if you like free movie swag, definitely head to the Crosstown Station Sunday night. It's free to get in, so you don't even have to pay to enter the Oscar contest. Yeah. And uh, the loser is going to get some really special prizes. So yeah. if you're the guy who wants to fill out two Oscar ballots, or maybe you just want to fill out one and try to get none of them right, I have a special uh, Little Fockers gift bag for you. Oh, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds great. That's this Sunday. Um, over at Lawrence.com, we've still got our Oscar ballot up. It's also on LJWorld.com. Um, we're going to run that until right before the Oscars start. It's just a quick survey. And then once the Oscars are over with, we start grading them, and we'll have our winners uh, Monday. Awesome. Yeah. And the prize, uh, two tickets to any Hollywood theater in the country. So it, the passes if work I, anywhere. If I was somebody, I would enter both. Mm-hmm. I would I would enter one and then um, with all the other shut-ins, and then I would actually go out yeah. and, and go, to the, yeah. go to the party. It's a win-win. We're going to be drinking and, and having And fun. we've included the links to these both um, just right underneath the podcast description, so you can just get to it right from there. Nice work. Are you ready to do some predictions? Let's, let's predict the future. All right. We're going to start with um, the three categories that I don't really think let, are up. Let me ask you something, though, real sure. quick before we start. We did this um, a few weeks ago for a TV station. Yes, we did. Speaker. Have your 
nomination or have your predictions changed since then? Yes, they have. That you, you're going to change your prediction. I have to. You don't yeah. have to. Well, we filmed it three weeks ago, right, when uh, the nominations were announced, and I know for a fact now that uh, right, the King's say, Speech okay, has, all right. has more buzz. Uh. <laughs> all right, here we go. We're going to start with three categories I'm just going to lump together here because I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh-huh. Um, and if Trevin doesn't agree with me, then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and talk about them. But I believe that Inception is going to be the biggest winner of a lot of the technical awards this year. And I believe that three of the awards it's going to win are sound editing and sound mixing, which everybody in the Academy votes on this final ballot. When nominations are announced... It, it is the sound mixers and it is the sound editors that nominate people. But what happens is the entire body votes on it. So you've got right. actors voting on something that they don't really know about necessarily. Right. So uh, I'm going to say uh, Inception's going to win both of those, sound editing and sound mixing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also going to win the Oscar for best visual effects. Yeah, I think the visual effects one's a given. Sound editing, I think... what. I'm not quite sold on that, but it seems like a logical choice. For sound editing, there's also Toy Story 3, Tron Legacy, True Grit, and Unstoppable. Yeah. I could see, I could see True Grit getting that, maybe. It just kind of depends. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be an in- inception. I think a lot of the times what happens is they pick uh, the smartest action movie to win, and yeah. I think the, the Bourne movies always win these awards. Okay. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of go with that. Now, so, uh, The King's Speech and The Social Network are nominated – uh, for sound mixing, mm-hmm. and since they're the best picture front runners, I think that's important to mention. But I think when it comes down to it, people are going to uh, go with um, Inception, which is the flashiest of the films. Yeah, that makes sense. I should also point out real quick: these might not necessarily be the movies we want to see win. Um, oh, absolutely not. We're picking the winners. We're picking winners, yeah. not the ones we want. I All think. Right. An, I think another gimme, if we're going to talk about gimmies, is animation. Best animated feature, I think, is Toy Story three. Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. So, Nothing else is going to come close. No. It's nominated for best picture. It's, there's three nominations, right? Yeah. And yeah, the one is a, one is a French movie about a magician that no one has seen. Right. The Illusionist. The Illusionist. Yep. And then the other is just the only other big CG movie that came out this year. How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mega, you can make, you know, Megamind, whatever, but How You Train Your Dragon is the only one. That you ever- know, there was a lot of, of animated films that weren't nominated. Megamind, Despicable Me, um, uh, and then some not-so-good ones, Monsters vs. Aliens, and right. things like that. But I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why they narrowed it down to three. I think they could have at least had five nominees in that yeah. category. But yeah. That's how they do it. Anyway, it's, it's a Toy Story 3 is a given. That's just going to happen. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't stand the snowball's chance it getting the best picture Oscar so <laughs> although I predicted it about five months ago oh, on this man. podcast oh yeah you did times change the <clears throat> winds the winds of change I'm not going to be picking Toy Story 3 for best picture uh, on this podcast let's move on to original song my least favorite category of all time oh god the most uninspired uh, category on the planet. we have coming home from country strong uh-huh. which I believe Gwyneth Paltrow will be singing oh, on the Oscars yes. I see the light from Tangled uh-huh. Which is the Disney uh, film uh, written by Alan Menken, who has a million nom- nominations yeah. up to this point. If I Rise from 127 Hours, which is A.R. Rahman, the guy that did the music for Slumdog Millionaire and yeah. won an Oscar. And We Belong Together, another Randy Newman song from Toy, Toy Story, Story 3. Uh, Randy Newman had 13 or 14 nominations off the top of my head. I can't remember. Um, before he finally won one a couple years back. Uh, I say they're going to give him another one for this. I think, I think so. this is going to be Randy Newman. I would agree with that, but I think the 127 hours 
uh, might stand a chance. The original from 127 Hours might stand a chance. Yeah, it's certainly the least objectionable of the songs in this yeah. category. Um, and, and they do like to go with uh, foreign scores and mm-hmm. foreign uh, artists when it comes to this. And, yeah. um, you know, he's an Indian guy. And, and he's also nominated for Best Original Score. And, and frankly, it was, it was an interesting score. It's yeah, it was. more electronic-based mm-hmm. um, and definitely more modern than the rest of the songs on this list. And that brings us to score. Uh, nominated for original score this year is How to Train Your Dragon, mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer's incredible score for Inception, mm-hmm. which is completely overshadowed now by Alexander Desplat's score for The King's Speech, mm-hmm. and Trent Reznor uh, and Atticus Finch, <laughs> Atticus, <laughs> Atticus Ross, Ross score for The Social Network, and then also nominated is A.R. Rahman's score for 127 Hours. I look at this as a three-way race. Who are your three? Uh, Inception, The King's Speech, and The Social Network. Okay. The Social Network has won the Golden Globe already, and uh, Reznor and Ross have received a lot of acclaim for making this really edgy, kind of nervous, mm-hmm. uh, you know, electronic score. I think it's memorable. It's, it's very, very memorable. Very memorable soundtrack. Yeah, and it moves it moves the the the, the story along in a really good clip. You know, and, and it also foreshadows, and, and it adds sort of at times it adds a little more sinister. Um, edge to scenes that would have otherwise been tame or sort of hard to hard mm-hmm. to peg. I mean it definitely is used to augment scenes or help help you kind of get an emotional bearing on what's going on. At time. Yeah. That said, uh Alexander Desplat's score for The King's Speech is the is the model of the kind of score uh, that 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 Oscar likes to pick in this category. It's it's uh, very emotional, mm-hmm. um, you know, the orchestration and everything. And then on the other hand we have uh, Hans Zimmer's score for Inception, which over the summer it was revealed that the Edith Piaf song uh, that um, is a part of the film's plot mm-hmm. uh, actually was the basis for much of the theme mm-hmm. of, of his score. And, and what they did was, uh, because of the way time moves in this movie, when they're going from dream to dream, time slows down. And so he slowed down, Zimmer slowed down the Piaf song until he reached this this crazy this level droning of, yeah. crazy yeah and 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 people made a lot of it and it was this big mystery on the internet and everything mm-hmm. i don't know why but all that buzz has disappeared yeah and, well, and it came out over the summer and he's been snubbed before i mean his his dark knight soundtrack was incredible zimmer's um, nominated every year every because year. his body of work is just so large and, yeah. and so consistent and, and varied i mean he he will do sort of weird mood tone stuff like this and then he'll also do very traditional kind of orchestral soundtracks and other films i don't think it stands a chance though okay. I, I would i would love to see it win but i don't think it stands a chance i really think that so you're going traditional or adventurous i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go traditional i think i'm gonna i'm gonna play it safe going with the king's, king's speech. speech yeah i would like to see um Resner and Ross win just because it's different. I I'd, I'd, honestly, if if I were picking who I wanted to win, it would be Hans Zimmer. Yeah, but me too. Those are the only two that I think stand a chance. And as as much as Resner and Ross have been re- rewarded leading up to this, mm-hmm. I just I think it's too I think it's too weird for the the Academy. I think the Academy skewing younger than than yeah. people have been giving them credit for. I think the fact that Triple Six Mafia won an Oscar a couple years ago, three six uh, for. Uh, it's hard out there for a pimp 
uh, proves that. I think the fact that Trent Reznor is now considered a classic rock artist in some eyes because alternative rock has kind of yeah. become classic rock. Uh, I think he's got name recognition. I think uh, I'm picking the adventurous thing. I think the social network is going to win this. Okay. And I think that there's, there might be more support in the academy for that score than than uh, than, than we think. Okay. All right, best makeup. This is officially the worst category. Let's say second worst category because at least you don't have to listen to bad songs. Yeah, the thing I was going to say about best song portion of the, the Oscars, great time for bathroom breaks. Yeah, Perfect time. Because exactly. you know you've got about three or four minutes. Unless they do it, a medley again. Oh, God. But let's hope, let's not talk about that. But it's great, especially if you're going to be at Crosstown Station or if you're going to be out somewhere watching it and, and, and drinking and having fun or if you're going to be at a party smoke and break. doing that. Smoke <laughs> breaks. Yeah, I mean, if if you've got kids, check on the kids, or you know. Then you, again, some of, some of, sometimes those songs are the most nightmarish parts of the. Yeah, I mean they're, they're a great surf. train wreck yeah. sometimes, like that crash song. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, and I'm also interested in how they're gonna how they're gonna present the songs because sometimes, like that, like you mentioned um, with Crash and all the all the nominees from that year. They performed on dioramas yeah. of the the movies they were in, that and that was hilarious. laughable. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. So back to best makeup. Um, wow, what the hell? Uh, the Wolfman, Rick Baker, nominated for like the one millionth time. The guy yep. who uh, won an Oscar for An American Werewolf in London a long time ago, deservedly so, is uh, nominated again for The Wolfman. But you know what? Probably out of, out of the three in this category, the, best, the other two, the best makeup in in there. Uh, the other two are Barney's version. Uh, with Paul Giamatti sure. and The Way Back, which was the Peter Weir film that was here in Lawrence for one week. An hour, I think it was here. It was they, here for an hour. It was a three-hour running time, but they only yeah, showed the first an, hour. An and attendee, an attendee came out. And yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm picking Barney's version on okay. this because I think that um, The Wolfman is just not a good enough movie. And people know Rick Baker has several uh, makeup Oscars already. And his most memorable one is for a Wolfman type movie. So I'm going to say Barney's version on this. Yeah, it's a tough category just because they're all so un... unexciting and not yeah, seen. Unexciting and <laughs> unseen. But, uh, I, you know, I actually am going to play it safe and say Wolfman. I think Rick Baker is going to get it. All right, fair enough. We're going to move on to Best Foreign Language Film. The nominees include Beautiful. Mm hmm. Dogtooth, mm -hmm. In a Better World, which won the Golden Globe, Incendies, uh, which I know I'm pronouncing wrong, and Outside the Law. I've seen two out of the five in this category, and I can tell you uh, without a doubt, Dogtooth has no chance of winning. Uh, it was put in. It's a great little freaky little film that was that was inserted by the Foreign Language Film Committee. So that's the adventurous one that was probably added at the last minute. I think that uh, Beautiful uh, has another nomination for Javier Bardem and Best Actor. Yeah. But I don't see that one winning it either. It's a depressing slog of a film. Both you and I hated it. I think a lot of other people hated it. A lot it. of people hated it. I talked to a lot of people that just hated it. And a friend of mine, actually, she went to it basically on accident. She got to the theater at the wrong time, and it was the only movie getting ready to start. And so yeah. she and her friends were like, oh, let's go see it, and just hated it. Yeah, yeah, hated every second of it. So it, uh, I'm, I'm going to predict in a better world here, uh, not just because it has the Golden Globe, but because I've heard that it is the most emotional. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a, a beautifully shot film. It has a little bit of buzz right now, and it's starting to trickle out into theaters. So, and this is again this category. Uh, everybody, this is one of the only ones. It's not on the Oscar ballot for everybody. If you haven't seen these five films, you don't get to vote on this. 
So this is not a popularity contest of I heard this movie was better than this one. The people that vote on this category actually have to see the films. Uh, and sometimes that results in some big surprises and not the biggest movies winning. So uh, In a Better World is my pick there. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Beautiful. I think Beautiful is going to win even though I hated it. Um, based on basically the same argument you just made, I think more people are gonna, going to have seen that because it's a Harvey, uh, Harvey or Bardem movie. Um, because it had a wider release. It's also... In Yuratu. Yeah, in Yuratu, yeah. Um, he's he's more popular, more well-known, so I think that just based on common knowledge, it's going to walk away with it. shouldn't, but I think it will. Let's move on to costume design. This is an interesting category because, um, you know, usually the, the movie that wins costume design is a period piece. In this case, we've got Alice in Wonderland, I Am Love, The King's Speech, The Tempest which was seen by four people, mm-hmm. uh, and True Grit. I think that I Am Love had some really amazing uh, costumes in Italian film, but they were modern. And because of that, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of excluding it, even though uh, there was some great costume design in that film. I think The King's Speech is a period piece, obviously, but it's not that long ago, and the period uh, wasn't that ornate, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, the Tempest, nobody's seen it. Uh, True Grit. Good job with the Western costumes and whatnot, but we've seen it before. I think Alice in Wonderland gets this. I think they're actually going to vote for the movie with the most interesting costume design and not the best movie in this category. In fact, the worst movie in this category. Well, I haven't seen Tempest, so I can't say that. But I'm going to go with King's Speech. King's Speech. Going King's the speech. safe route. It's, safe route. it's a good way to go. I mean, it's a, it's a period drama. Um, and, and you know, to be fair, the the look and yeah, the the look and style of that movie is very tangible and very 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 real. I don't know, you can really you can really see it there. It's believable and and well done. I don't know. I really liked how everyone looked in that movie and what everyone wore. The next two categories, these are really crazy because art direction and film editing. And and the reason I say they're crazy is because we've got all of a lot of our best picture nominees mm-hmm. nominated in these categories. And I think a lot of times people have a, a hard time. A distinguishing uh, costume design from art direction. Art direction is, of course, you know the way the set looks, uh, the look of the movie, the things that are placed into the frame uh, that are then shot by the cinematographer. Yeah. Um, for art direction, we have Alice in Wonderland again, too much CGI. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One, mm-hmm. not going to win. And then we have three Best Picture nominees: Inception, The King's Speech, and True Grit. The reason the social network's not here is because it's set in the modern day. True Grit's not going to win this either um, because I think what they're going to do is they're going to award that with the Cinematography Award. So uh, this is really between Inception and The King's Speech. Mm -hmm. Uh, The King's Speech is uh, the period piece here. Uh, I think I'm going to go with The King's Speech. Yeah. I am going to go with it too. I don't want to, but I am. I think it's the safe one. And again, for the same reason, I think it's a period because it's a period piece. Um, and because they really do sort of capture that look and feel of England before the first, the second world war. Inception you know. had some really interesting choices though. I it mean, did. from, from an art direction standpoint too. Yeah, and so varied. I yeah. mean, the, the very beginning scene and in, in that sort of mountain hideaway and then all the urban, um, landscapes. It was very urban landscapes. And that's, I think, I think what sets it apart and it, it, it that whole idea that, you know, there's, uh, you know, millions of people in this mm-hmm. city and, and every one of them, you know, you could go that deep into the, I don't know. I think there was uh, some yeah, and, and then the, the snow, the snow fort at the end, the snow, the snow level. 
at the end. Um, from the James Bond from film. From James Bond, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you know what? I would like to go with Inception. I think I'm, I'm sticking with the King's Speech on that one, too. Just uh, If you want to win, pick the King's Speech. Film editing. Uh, this one is, is interesting in that Inception is not nominated. Yeah. So a, a, a movie uh, whose film editing... Uh, I noticed probably more than any Which of the films. It was integral to the plot. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the last the, 30 the minutes inter, of this film. The intercutting of all three of those layers at the same time. I mean, the entire emotional crux of that movie is dependent upon editing. And right. it, it, it didn't, didn't get, get nominated. nominated for editing. And, and, you know, it's interesting because Memento, Nolan's breakthrough film, is second Which actually movie, just came out on Blu-ray this week. There you go. Was nominated for this award for film editing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that actually was probably more a function of the script than yeah. editing itself because yeah. all those choices were already in there. So, boy, I think they really messed this up. Anyway, uh, Black Swan, mm-hmm. The Fighter, mm-hmm. The King's Speech, 127 Hours, and The Social Network. This, all best picture noms. All best picture noms. This has to go to the social network. The social network is a movie about people uh, sitting at desks, sitting in front of computers, uh, talking to each other, yeah. lots of dialogue, uh, and it moves along at such a fantastic clip. It's It's got energy. It's mm-hmm. exciting to watch. You, I, I think film editing has to go to the social network. I don't think... You can give this one to the King's Speech, even though they're going to want to. No, and you know, I I, I also think it's going to go to the Social Network, but for the same reason that I think it should have gone to Inception, because without editing, the Social Network just wouldn't have worked. Right. You know, I mean, it, it like you said, it's a very dialogue-driven movie. There's not a lot of actual physical action in it, and in order to keep that interesting, they do they do the, they do the flashback thing. They did they intercut multiple scenes. They they split stories up, and so you see someone recounting it, and then you see it actually happened at the same time. It, it moves forward and is entertaining entirely based on uh, a solid script and then just razor-precise editing. So, Trevin, if you're keeping score, the man who's been very practical picking the King's Speech and a lot of these technical awards uh, has now picked the social network. I would say uh, that's a pretty good sign um, that the both of us are going for that one, that that's going to win. Yeah. Uh, cinematography, Black Swan, Inception, the King's Speech, the social network, and True Grit. Mm-hmm. This is Roger Deakins' award for True Grit. Uh, he's been nominated, what is it, eight times? He's been nominated a lot. And uh, just recently he lost. Uh, he was double nominated two years ago. I'm sorry, in 2007 for... Assassination uh, of Jesse James. And, and No Country no for Country. Old Men. Yeah. And he lost to Robert Elswit for There Will Be Blood. Uh, there's not a There Will Be Blood this year to take that award away from him. I think this is going to True Grit. I would also like to see uh, Matthew Libatique, his work in Black Swan, and uh, Wally Fister's work in Inception awarded uh, in this category. For that matter, I thought the uh, cinematography in the social network was, was, was pretty amazing. So yeah, It was a good year for cinematography. It really was. My, my pick is Roger Deakins for True Grit. They're, he's going to finally get his award. Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little torn. I want Deakins to win. Trying to be pragmatic, it's hard for me to rationalize one over the other, but I, I think that the social network actually could be a dark horse on this and come through. Wow. Um, I yeah. would I would say that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. If well, I was picking another one besides True Grit, it would not be the social network. Okay. Well, that said, I, I, I am going to go with True Grit. I just think that um, Deakins, is, Deakins is quickly becoming this generation's Conrad Hall, where he, he has a very signature style. He shoots. It, he's getting – he's such a master of his craft at this point that you can recognize a Roger Deakins movie 
just by just by looking at it, a few frames. Yeah, in. I love the nominees in the documentary feature category. We have Exit Through the Gift yeah, Shop, great year for documentaries. Gasland, Inside Job, Restrepo, and Wasteland. Mm-hmm. The only one I haven't seen uh, so far. Well, I guess I've I've seen part of Restrepo, but Wasteland is not even available on DVD or anything right now. All the rest of these uh, are out and available for you to rent. Banksy. Mm-hmm. is the graffiti artist uh, behind Exit Through the Gift Shop. And because of his craft and because of what he does, his identity remains anonymous. When he has appeared in public, he appears in a monkey mask. Mm-hmm. And the Oscars have said they're not going to let a man in disguise come up and accept his award in case he wins. He's also in L.A. right now tagging billboards and and making his presence known. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of buzz for him right now. But I think Inside Job is is more the traditional kind of documentary yeah. uh, tells a very cogent story about who's responsible for the financial crisis and is narrated by Matt Damon. Charles Ferguson's a great filmmaker as well. So I think those are the two in this category to beat. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of buzz for Banksy though. And anybody who's seen that movie can tell you that the, the, it's a really interesting film that, that, you know, makes you question what's there's real a and lot what's of, not. there's a lot of talk after, after seeing that. And that's one of my favorite things about exit through the gift shop is yeah. you can talk to, so many different people about that movie um and it can be weeks months or days after they've seen it it leaves a lasting impression yeah and i know that i mean inside job definitely left a lasting impression on me restrepo left a lasting impression on me not not to the point that you want to discuss it with people you know they're they're both really well made documentaries after inside job i just felt depressed right after inside job i (laughs) just felt felt doomed and after restrepo i just really felt awful for you know the the men and women who serve yeah, but exit the gift shop is you know it's fun, it's kind of entertaining. There, there, like you said, there is a lot of heat behind it. I would love to see it win. Yeah, it's is I mean, that your pick? Uh, I'm picking it. Uh, I'm going to pick it because um, I just think there's a lot of buzz around it, and uh, yeah, you know, like you said, people like to talk about it. Sebastian Junger, however, who did Restrepo, a lot of respect for him. Yeah, novelist uh, turned filmmaker. Phenomenal access they got to that movie, and considering when the footage is shot compared to when they were finally able to air it, yeah. pretty interesting. Um, pretty interesting, and it's definitely a no frills, straightforward from the front line style documentary where they have they have footage from Camp Restrepo, um, and then the movie is peppered with interviews from the the men that that served there. I think I, I think, think honestly I'm going to go with Inside Job. Nice Inside Job. I think, I think it's, it's safe. I safe. It's it's a really good documentary. It's really really well made. Having Matt Damon involved is always you know that's a big help. I think that some people will vote for Exit Through the Gift Shop just to see what happens. Yeah. If it wins and what Banksy is going to do, yeah. there's got to be something planned because his idea his his art is based around taking a situation. Uh, a piece of architecture, something that exists, and turning it into something else. So, yeah. uh, I would like to see that happen, and I think I'm letting that overweigh. That's logic the thing is picking it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really love the movie, so it's hard for me to to not side with it. But I think Inside Job, and also you know they they always go with traditional documentaries. I mean they they rarely they rarely jump up and 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 do something different. I was so the I'm, fact I that was, it's in there at all is mm-hmm, pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, we've got uh, the five. What is it? Four or five. The six big ones coming up next. I don't want to spend a lot of time on these because we've talked about this a lot before. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go real quick, and I'm going to leave the mystery one for last or for second to last. Let's do uh, supporting actor. This is Christian Bale in The Fighter, John Hawks for Winter's Bone, mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner for The Town, Mark Ruffalo for The Kids Are All Right, and Jeffrey Rush in The King's Speech. If 
this was a race at all. It would be a two-person race between Bale and Rush. Mm -hmm. I think even though everybody loves the King speech and Jeffrey Rush and Colin Firth are the heart of that film, I think Christian Bale is going to take this home for playing the crack-addicted, hyperactive, boxer. high-strung. Yeah, if you've ever seen anybody on, on, you know, addicted to drugs in that in that way before, uh, it's a very realistic portrayal. At the same time, it's it's kind of over the top and eminently watchable, and mm-hmm. I think it just really sticks out in 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 uh, in these performances. And I think Bale is going to win. He's been winning everything. He's else, been winning so. everything. I think he's deserved it. I'm going with Bale as well. So, best actress is Annette Bening for The Kids Are All Right, Nicole Kidman in Rabbit Hole, Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's Bone, Natalie Portman in Black Swan, and Michelle Williams in Blue Valentine. Yeah, uh, I look at this category and I see some of the best performances of the year. As uh, you should. Really, really strong category. I think, uh, despite the the fact that I thought Michelle Williams in Blue Valentine was amazing. I think this is a two-person race between Portman and Benning. Benning, because of her history and the fact that she's been nominated three times before, I believe, and not one. And Portman only has been nominated once. But I think Black Swan is just... It's a tour de force. It's one person. You know, I mean, the the range that she shows Mm -hmm. uh, having to, you know, go through this kind of torture in this film and and basically be the stand-in for the audience. Everything we get is through her eyes. I think Portman's going to win, but I think Benning has a lot of support. And people are going to want her to win. Well, so. I think there are a lot of parallels to draw between what's happening with Portman now and what happened to Mickey Rourke when he was doing The Wrestler. I mean, he won basically everything up to the Oscar. And then, and then he didn't, didn't win. The Oscar. Oh. Yeah. So, so you think Annette Bening is Sean Penn? I, I think she might be. I don't know. Is she I'm, the milk? Is of she that? the milk? No, I, I, oh, I really want Portman to win, but I think... What will he say? What will I say? You've been very pragmatic so far. I'd like to see what you're going to do in this category. Well, if I knew that, if I knew we could change our votes, we can't. This is it. If I knew we could change our, well, apparently it's not it because when we voted on TV, we both said Portman. Yeah. Apparently, you can change your mind. So now I have to debate it all over again. I'm going to stick with Portman, though. All right. I'm going to stick with Portman. There's just too much uh, behind it. Binning, I, I really, I honestly, I thought her, I thought her performance was less interesting and. And and less noteworthy than Julianne Moore, the other female lead in that movie. And I'm really disappointed that she somehow became best supporting and yeah. Benning became the the best actress, best lead. I think Moore's not nominated because of a fault of the script. I think that people didn't like yeah, she's in so many where scenes. her character went. Yeah, I, I don't know. She's in so many scenes and she's always like she's always she always throws herself into roles and is very daring and, and will, you know, do things that other actresses won't or commit to things and that other actresses won't. And she's playing kind of an irresponsible ditz in this movie. It's it's interesting. Yeah. We haven't seen that from her before. She's very good. Yeah, Benning just cried a lot and yelled at people. Oh, I think that's reductionary, but anyway. Uh, go on. This one we're not even going to talk about. Leading actor, uh, Javier Bardem, beautiful. Jeff Bridges, True Grit. Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg for The Social Network. James Franco for 127 hours. And the winner will be Colin Firth. From the King's Speech. Agreed. End of story. It's all anyone can talk about. Okay, so let's go to Supporting Actress. This one is up in the air. Jackie Weaver will not win for Animal Kingdom. No. Amy Adams will probably not win for The Fighter. Helena Bonham Carter, Melissa Leo, and Haley Steinfeld, I think, are in a three-way race right now for Supporting Actress. And, And... the reason I say it's a three-way race is because Melissa Leo and Haley Steinfeld were running neck and neck. Melissa Leo took out an ad in the trade magazines. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about this. She took out an ad with her own money. Right. 
and it was kind of frowned upon. It kind of backlashed a little bit. Her ad uh, had her in a, in, a, in a nice dress and with a lot of makeup on, and it was basically an ad that's saying, I can be glamorous too, even though I'm an older woman and I don't, you know, there's not that many roles for us. She was trying to distance herself from the white trash uh, uh, crazy woman that she played in, in, in the movie. Right. Crazy's reductionary. I shouldn't use that word. But anyway. Um, so she did that, and there was a little bit of backlash, as well as Haley Steinfeld kind of just losing a little bit of of sauce from you know the fact that that the movie's been out for a while now, and I think uh, people are over the fact uh, that she carried the entire film and should probably be nominated in the best actress category. Yeah. I thought it was an amazing performance, and, and I didn't see it as mannered at all. Helena Bonham Carter, however is a very well-liked actress who's been around for a long time, been nominated per- before, and uh, has is very charming. And I think at all of the press events that they've been doing for Oscar, the luncheon, mm-hmm. uh, the award shows, everything like that, she basically just charms the pants off of everybody. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just going to want her to win because they like her and they like the work she does. And she was very she was strong good, to be fair. Film. She was yeah. good, yeah. So I think she's actually in the race now. I'm going to... Stick with Haley Steinfeld mm-hmm. and True Grit as my pick, partially because I thought it was the best performance in this category, but also because I think that Melissa Leo's lost a little bit of uh, of, of steam. Of steam, and and so I'm going with Haley Steinfeld. Also, I think they're going to want to spread it around a little bit more, and they're going <laughs> to give Christian Bale uh, his Oscar for The Fighter. So I think they're going to give Haley Steinfeld one for True Grit. Yeah, well, you can't you can't invite the Coen brothers to the party and not give them something. But I'm going to stick with Leo. I think Melissa Leo is going to win it. Fair enough. Moving on, we're going to go to uh, Best Picture and Best Director. I think Best Director is interesting this year now because the, the Directors Guild Award just went to Tom Hooper for the King's Speech. Mm-hmm. And this is a big, big deal, folks. Uh, David Fincher's pretty much been winning everything up to this point. The other nominees, of course, Darren Aronofsky for Black Swan, David O. Russell for uh, The Fighter, and the Coen brothers for True Grit. But I don't think those three stand a chance. I think this is between Tom Hooper and, and David Fincher for The Social Network. I am going to stick with David Fincher. The problem is, is that he is not well-liked, but he is well-respected. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't play the game. He hasn't hardly been doing any press. He's been very busy making the girl and the dragon tattoo. Tom Hooper's been everywhere. Um, uh, and, and like I said, he already won the Directors Guild Award. The DGA predicts the Oscar, uh, you know, 98% of the time. I think it's, it's less, I think it's more of a race than Best Picture is right now. And, and I just think Tom Hooper is too new. I'm going to stick with David Fincher. Uh, for the social network to win this one. I think there's going to be a split between director and picture. I'm going to say it's Hooper. I'm going to say it's Hooper. You know, you're really betting safe. to. I, 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 I know, like your well, picks. I like the courage that you have taking your own opinion out of it and being able to pick well, again, what you think is going to win. That's how you win these little Oscar competitions. Is you, don't, you, you think about the Academy and what they traditionally do, and then you try and, try and emulate that. Yeah. And, I think they're going to go with Hooper. I really do. Um, not that he shouldn't get it. I, I agree that he's too new, but at the same time, I mean, Fincher's been nominated before. He's been snubbed before for what I think are better movies. Uh, Zodiac, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when you say snubbed, you mean not nominated at all, right? For Zodiac, and for uh, Seven, for Zodiac and Seven, Fight Club. I would, yeah, Fight Club. I understand why they didn't nominate, but Seven and Zodiac both. I mean, are very traditional. And his only nomination, of course, was for Benjamin Button, which yeah. was uh, abysmal and kind of, kind of a a, a lot of people. Well, it was very it. Hollywood friendly, safe, kind yeah. of emotionally provocative type movie that that played by a lot of the rules that get you nominated and get you Oscars. So Darren Aronofsky is per- perennially, snub- or perennially snubbed and always will be. I mean, he's not going to win for his best work. He's going to get the Scorsese treatment 20, <laughs> 20 years from now. Even though The Departed is a great movie, that's not what I mean to say. But he's going to get passed over a lot, and then they'll recognize him late in his career. Yeah, he wasn't nominated for The Fighter two years ago, which I thought was ridiculous. The Wrestler. <laughs> did I just say The Fighter? Yeah, he did. The, the Fighter, The Wrestler. And David O. Russell, I'm, I'm amazed they even nominated him because everyone hates that guy. It really shows how much they love that movie, yeah. honestly. And I think Hollywood has forgiven David O. Russell. He's repenting a lot in public, too. He's, re- yeah. he's, he's really trying to soften his image up. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually a really good segue into Best Picture. The Fighter, of course, uh, O. Russell's film uh, nominated. Uh, Black Swan. Inception nominated, even though Nolan was snubbed in the director category. Oh, yeah, the kids are all right. Snub. Yeah, the kids are all right nominated. 127 hours, uh, even though it doesn't have a Danny Boyle nomination. The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, Winter's Bone, and the film that's going to take it home, The King's Speech. I agree. I, 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 I'm disappointed, but that's what it's going to be. I would love to see the social network take this. Obviously, I think it's a movie that tickles the brain rather than the emotional glands. Um, and there's emotional just so glands. much to uh, yeah, my emotional glands. You have emotional glands. Yeah, I know exactly where they are. Okay, but I'm not telling you. Okay. Um, you know, I I get it why the social network isn't you know isn't as likable as something like the King's Speech. For me, Best Picture should be more about uh, a movie just being likable. And, and making you feel good. And uh, as much artistry as went into the King's Breach, and, and I appreciate it, I think um, the, the social network will pay off uh, in spades for years to come. I think it's going to be more interesting as culture changes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a, an almost perfect uh, little little film. Honestly, I mean, the smart money is on the King's Speech. And I, th- I say rightly so. I really do. I, I, it's, it's a very traditional movie. It does a lot of things right. I, there were more... There are movies that took bigger chances and did more that I liked more, but from an Academy perspective, it makes perfect sense. There are picks for the uh, 2011 Oscars. Play along with us, though. Uh, you can still go to Lawrence.com or the LJ World and vote on our Oscar contest there. You can also go to scene-stealers.com, fill out their ballot, and attend the Oscar watch party. Come hang out with us at the party. Yeah, at the Crosstown Station. And laugh at us when you get something right and we get something wrong. Mm-hmm. Every time that happens, you get to throw a tomato at Eric Moline. That's not a good idea. It's true. It's actually, if you get to the bottom of the ballot, there's a little asterisk and it's in the fine print. Get online, vote. Um, There will be prizes. uh, Some of them good, not all of them good. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week to tell you how it shook out. 